ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 291st ever show of All Around Sports. We're each Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always... I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined our next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week from a busy NFL weekend was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers putting it on the Bears as they opened their season at home at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, of course, following the devastation of Hurricane Irma to the entire state of Florida. So it was really nice to see, uh, first and foremost, that the Bucks were able to play in the stadium, as was University of South Florida on Friday night. So they did a great job down there of getting, uh, getting the stadium ready. And as Jameis Winston said in the postgame, the team really wanted to play well, give the team, a, give the state and certainly the Tampa region, a lift, given uh, the week they had been through down there. And they certainly did that and more. They scored pretty much right off the bat and just kept on scoring. Uh, it was like before you knew it, it seemed like it was 26 nothing, And they were on their way. And as someone who had the pleasure of visiting uh, the Buccaneers facility uh, earlier this summer and getting to know some people in the organization. It was just great attending the rookie symposium. Uh, it was just really great to see them. We, of course, all were watching on Hard Knocks, which I thought was one of the better Hard Knocks in the long-running series that was ever done. It really... Uh, uh, really gave you some insight, and the Bucks look like a team that's ready to win, and they showed up in their first game of the year uh, after the first game, uh, scheduled first game against the Dolphins in Miami, was, of course, canceled due to Hurricane Irma. So bottom line, it's been a surreal existence down there. I know a lot of people down there, specifically right in the Tampa Bay area and throughout the state, and uh, they've just endured a week like no other, to put it mildly, and uh, yet the Bucks uh, delivered on what they wanted to do, which was, again, just give the people a diversion and a lift with a victory, and again, they just did that in fine fashion, so watch out for the Bucks. I think they're going to be a, a serious player uh, in the NFC and the league throughout, but I think they're... Uh, Got NFC playoffs written all over them. Of course, they beat handily the Bears. 
And you have to think that the drum will start beating immediately. It already has, but will beat a lot louder uh, to put in Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Mike Glennon, who they traded for in the offseason, did not have a great day. And uh, I just think that they're going to be, again, screaming for Trubisky uh, immediately. As always, now that we're in full football mode into week two, uh, great stuff all over the place. Uh, Of course, up here in New England, everybody's breathing a little sigh of relief today that Uh, The Patriots, as we've known them for the past 15 or so years, uh, are still those Patriots. They bounced back, beating the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees in the Superdome pretty handily. Uh, Not an easy thing to do, by the way. You can never take for granted that you're going to beat the Saints in the Superdome. Uh, Brady, Tom Brady, just put on a show. He had maybe the best first quarter of his career. He had three, three touchdowns. Broke a few records along the way. I think it was 157 yards passing uh, in the first quarter. Also had a huge amount in the first half. I think they may have been records, at least personal records, if not league records. Uh, His total for the day, 447 passing yards. An astounding figure. That is not a figure to be taken for granted. That is a... uh, uh, a marquee game uh, for anybody, including Brady. So all is right again in Patriot Nation up here in Boston. And uh, except for a little concern with, uh, you know, with Gronk going down and but apparently hurting a groin. He said he was okay. Apparently he's going to talk today. So anytime Gronk uh, has a, a hint of an injury, all of New England is holding their breath, with good reason, given his injury history uh, that goes along with his spectacular history when healthy. He's unstoppable. Uh, last night on the Sunday night t- game, uh, Atlanta Falcons handled the Green Bay Packers pretty easily. Uh, so... The Super Bowl hangover loss uh, doesn't seem to be affecting them. They beat the Bears in week one. That was a close game. Uh, But last night in the official opening of the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which looks just spectacular, uh, the Falcons looked really, really good. So uh, I think you can assume they're going to be a a player again. Uh, The Chiefs. We're in a tough game with the Eagles, 27-20. Went down to the final play when Carson Wentz threw threw up a Hail Mary. If it went, it would have been tied. Kareem Hunt, who I saw rip up the Patriots uh, 10 days ago, up here in the season opener of the Banner Night at Gillette Stadium. Uh, He looked good again, and uh, it was pretty funny when he scored the one touchdown and laid down on his side as if he was sleeping. So kind of fun to have celebrations back in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, the Chiefs, they look uh, they look like they're ready from prime time. And what better way to have served notice of that than their uh, stunning victory over the Patriots in week one, the NFL league opener. <clears throat> the Dallas Cowboys 
they got trounced, as in manhandled, by the Denver Broncos up in Denver. Uh, disappointing that it wasn't more competitive. You know, the marquee 4.25 p.m. game, Eastern time. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, had probably his worst game as a pro. And uh, after a performance like that, you have to wonder if, uh, you know, his off-field troubles, even though he's still on the field, uh, might be somehow, some way seeping into the, uh, seeping into the locker room. We shall see. Uh, that leads into my low light of the week, which was the Rams overall number one pick of a couple years ago, Jared Goff, uh, trotting onto the field with about two minutes to go. Uh, everyone was hoping myself included. He was driving down the field and flashed that number one overall pick pedigree. Uh, and instead he threw a Interception on the first play of that final drive, uh, and that was that. Very disappointing. I was ready to really see what this guy was made of, at least at this moment in his career, and uh, I was ready to watch on red zone to see if he could mount a drive. Uh, but, again, it ended in a hurry with the throwing a pick on the first play. And my bizarre story of the week was... The scoring by one of the three judges, uh, apparently going literally off the reservation uh, by by her scoring in the Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight, which ended in a draw. Uh, the U and cry from the boxing world over her 118 to 110 score when everybody else rated it a much, much, much closer fight. And in fact, like a draw, uh, was by all accounts astounding. So with that said, uh, let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham of Bama Magazine, where we'll delve deeply into the spectacular college football weekend. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, as always. And, uh, you know, Saturday was a great kickstart to an already kick-started college football season. Uh, and for me, it was really uh, the incredible Florida Gators Hail Mary pass uh, by Felipe Franks. I was watching live, thank goodness. And, uh, you know, he threw it 63 yards in the air from about his own 37, maybe 40. Uh, hit his receiver dead on. Uh three, four yards deep in the end zone. Just a spectacular play at Florida Field. And I'll tell you, it was just awesome. And, you know, it just made me think, I mean, this this is kind of what sets the SEC apart. Obviously, we see Hail Marys in all leagues, but the reaction was as good as I've seen in a long, long time. And I couldn't help but think of Tennessee doing the exact same thing to Georgia the year before. Yeah, John, it's one of those types of plays you'll remember it for a lifetime. You'll probably yep. have some painting, you know, the, the Hail Mary in the swamp. And, yeah, and maybe they'll put up a, a statue. A big, a big rival, of course, and that's early in the season. That can catapult your entire program because, you know, Florida, they're, they're struggling offensively. But that, that should certainly have Jim McElwain and his, his uh, team down the road for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting because I started off the show with my highlight of the week being the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, uh, lifting the region's spirit, shall we say, post-hurricane with their resounding victory over the Bears and Jameis Winston talking to that exact point after the game, saying they really wanted to win and lift the spirits of Florida in general, Tampa area in particular. But, you, you know... Nothing could have lifted the state of Florida better than that Hail Mary pass. I mean, that was just a genuine college football moment. I know we're only in week two slash three, but, you know, I don't know if we'll see a better play all year. Uh, and again, it just sets up, you know, the SEC East. And one of my first thoughts was, you know, uh, Florida has had Tennessee's number for a long long time dating back to you know uh the peyton manning era peyton manning never beat the gators we all remember that and uh that had to just be you know such a great moment given the horrific week that everybody in the state of florida endured yeah that means tennessee their nemesis has been florida forever it seems like Uh, just forever one one thing or another i mean the quarterback, I mean, they have the best quarterback in the game, let's say, and he throws a bunch of interceptions. I mean, it's it just, they just have his number. 
the coach makes a boneheaded play on a call or the clock management or something, but it's, it's Florida, for, for whatever reason, they've been able to just own Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned the clock management. I'm glad you brought that up, AP. I mean, I was watching live, so Florida got the ball, you know, whatever, 30, 40, 50 seconds left, and they just let, they threw a pass, and it was kind of, looked like it could have been a first down, was just short, but the ref called it pretty instantly. Bottom line, Florida left, you know, 20 or so seconds if not more, they should have had, if they'd have called a timeout immediately when the receiver caught it, uh, just shy of the first down marker, so it was not an automatic clock stoppage, they would have had 33 seconds. Instead, they had, I think, nine, if that, um, because the next play was the Hail Mary, and it was the final play of the game. It was a walk-off, and the crowd was booing, and, you know, I just couldn't believe what I had just witnessed that, you know, they were taking all this time to get up to the line of scrimmage. The clock is ticking, ticking. They have timeouts. They're just not calling them. And it was really surreal, but it got a whole lot more surreal and, got, and in effect got forgotten uh, moments later when uh, Felipe Franks, what an arm. I mean, he's a big boy. He, he looks like he's going six six if not more. And he just unloaded easily. 60-plus in the air, probably 65. I know they were saying like 63, but it looked like to me as if he let it loose at the thir- his own 37 and it was caught about three, four yards deep in the end zone. So that to me is more like 66, 67 in the air, but and right on the money. Uh, and, you know, the poor Tennessee safety AP, I mean, he just, uh, I felt bad for him. I mean, he just... It was a crazy play, and he kind of took a lateral step, as Gary Danielson pointed out on the telecast. He took one step sort of sideways to kind of cut the guy off, and that, and that was it. Next thing you know, Franks was releasing the ball, and you could just see he was wide open. And it was just right on the money from, again, 60-plus yards. So quite a moment. Loved it. Yeah, John, it's it's good in the game of football. You play six or seven days later. It's going to take him a while to recover. But I mean, Tennessee Tennessee is still in the hunt to win that division. Oh yeah, they, they have you know quite a few games. So as in life, he's got to accept the moment, acknowledge the mistake, and then move on. That that's that's one of the greatest lessons he'll, he'll ever learn. Maybe. Uh, you know, you've seen it from, I mean, I've seen it from football players where they had one of the greatest moments of their life and then further on down in their career, a crushing blow. But that's the balance that happens to you in life and in the game of football as well. Absolutely. That's what makes it such a great game that we all love. Uh, And speaking of great game, uh, the Texas-USC game, I was also watching that live on Saturday night, and that was as good a college football game as you could ever want to see. 90,000 first sellouts since 2013 in the Coliseum. A worthy, the game was a worthy successor to, of course, the all-time classic uh, from the 2006 National Championship game right up the road at the Rose Bowl. Uh, And 
Sam Darnold was awesome, but more, you know, just as importantly, the Texas quarterback was just spectacular and Texas defense played well. And, you know, it's always fun to watch these games. I mean, the USC crowd Saturday night in LA, it was just truly off the charts. Uh, and just back and forth, of course, it went to double overtime and a walk on kicker both tied the game and won the game. Reminded me a little of Adam Vinatieri in the snowball where he hit, uh, you know, a really difficult kick to tie the game. And then, uh, he, you know, an equally important kick, obviously, to win the game. So, yes, I mean, Sam Darnold, I got to hand it to him. He's something special. Uh, you know, Texas has had their up and downs, but they came to play that night. And, you know, if they can just put that together more often than not, they're going to have a fine season under Tom Herman. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really all about USC and how they just, you know, refused to lose is how I would put it. Uh, they just kept coming, coming back, coming back, despite Texas completely, you know, surprising left and right with, you know, you, you just weren't expecting it because given their recent history, but they just kept making big plays and hanging in there and took the lead and Darnold drove him down the field. No timeouts, 40 seconds to go for the first field goal by the walk-on kicker. And then it really got, you know, great from there. The overtimes were awesome as well. So good stuff all around, AP. As good a college football game as I've seen in a while, I must say. Yeah, John, Texas performed quite well, and, and they needed that to infuse some excitement for their program because it wasn't good to begin the season. So, like you say, if they can just move on from that game and it's heartbreaking that you lost, but you were playing against one of the better teams in the country, so there's a lot to play for, of course, in you know, the Big 12. And USC, they escaped because yep. they were supposed to win that game quite handily, really. And Escaped so, is the word. Good word. And maybe maybe that'll that'll also help them down the road that they're confident in, a, in their kicker, and he made those tying and game winning field goals. So that that's a plus for them. And and then and the fact that the team played in a, in a uh, tight situation. I mean, those kind of things. I mean, you're not going to roll everybody every week. You're going to be challenged. And how do you perform in those closing minutes when every play is crucial? Every reception, uh, third down, you have to make it. No drops, no drops. You have to make the blocks. You have to make the right throws, accurate throws, uh, make the right call. You know, defensively, you you have to make the tackles. You can't miss a tackle. In all those things, uh, you get in those habits, and it it, it will help you down the road. Correct. Correct. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they're in the top five. I've seen them, you know, four and five. Some people had them leapfrogging being leapfrogged by Penn State uh, between five and four. But regardless, they're top five team, and, and they showed it in the end. You used the perfect word, escape. And speaking of the top five, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I owe a debt of gratitude to Clemson for, uh, you know, for basically blowing out Louisville or handling them pretty easily because that allowed me to focus completely on the uh, USC-Texas game, and I would have hated to have missed 
even one second of that in uh, that game from any time in the second half. So Clemson, they're looking awfully, awfully good. I think better than anyone would have expected. I think they're looking like maybe the, the top team in the country, the way they're playing yeah. on offense and defense. I agree. Their, their quarterback is hasn't missed a beat with Watson leaving and, and you know first year starter. I mean they're putting up a phenomenal amount of points. I mean Auburn definitely slowed down. You know fourteen points and that that game could have went either way. But uh, you know they're, they're scoring uh, quite a, a lot of points in you know two out of the three games and their offense is strong and their defensive line. It's so important, John, when your defensive line can disrupt the flow of the, the team's offense, the other team's offense, because it changes how you you call the plays on offense, and then defensively, you feel confident that your secondary is going to be in, uh, have a, have enough time to cover people because the defensive line is always affecting the quarterback, hurrying him to throw the football. Yes, and let's not forget, you know. The person on the other side of the line is last year's Heisman Trophy winner, uh, someone who at times looks unstoppable himself, of course, Lamar Jackson. But, you know, uh, he showed flashes, but, you know, Clemson totally held him in check. Uh, and the offense looked good as well. I I agree with what you said, and they beat, they're beating quality teams. I mean, you know, Louisville, when the week before they beat Auburn, you know, these are good teams, good programs. And Clemson is, you know, again, uh, winning these games, you know, not easily, but uh, solidly, I'd say. And, yeah, so you may be right. They may, they may be, you know, right now uh, among the, you know, playing uh, maybe the best football in the country. Uh, I see their number two, at least in a poll that I'm looking at. Um so, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're off and running. Um, I watched the Penn State, Georgia State. <laughs> That's an important word to note, Georgia State, not Georgia. I watched, uh, <laughs> and I watched that game and uh, on the Big Ten Network. And, you know, uh, Penn State, as expected, looked great. Great home crowd, 100,000-plus, obviously. And uh, the take-home there was, you know, I think eight different players for Penn State scored a touchdown. But Saquon Barkley had not a great rushing night, but he had his beautiful and 85-yard run uh, when he caught a swing pass, as you're ever going to see. I don't know if you saw highlights of it, AP, but he, you know, caught the ball around his own 15 <clears throat> ran 10, 15, 20 yards and just put on one of the best moves of the year where he kind of like faked as if he was going to go inside the receiver, the, the defender's bit. And then he just went into overdrive uh, right down the sidelines <laughs> to score for an 85-yard, quote, pass reception. But again, he, you know, he ran the 85 yards. Um, <laughs> All right. It, he he does things. He's now become, in my mind, must see TV. You know, uh, because of him, you know, I couldn't take my eyes off the Georgia State Penn State game, and not a game I might necessarily not be able to take my eyes off of. But knowing him now, 
and this is the highest compliment I can pay him or any player. I watch because I realize I may see something spectacular, and I didn't have to wait long, though I did see something spectacular, which was that 85-yard run. So so we're off and running AP. You know, a lot of other things we want to get to, a lot of other great games over the weekend, but why don't we uh, take our first break now, and we'll get to some of the other great college games on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., no college football weekend is complete without some surprise games as well. We talked a lot about uh, the great games that were played in the previous segment, but uh, you and I love our American Athletic Conference, and I got to think Mike Oresco, Chuck Sullivan, and everybody else down in Providence at AAC headquarters are beaming this morning after Memphis's huge victory over UCLA at Memphis. Uh, the same UCLA, of course, that had that spectacular comeback led by quarterback Josh Rosen against Texas A&M just, yeah, you know, just a couple weeks ago. So I watched some of that game, AP. That that, that was as good an environment as you would ever see. Uh, the fans were going nuts in Memphis. Great game. I think the final was like 48-45 or something like that. Uh, but Memphis... That, that, that's a milestone victory for the conference and, of course, for the Memphis program. Hey, John, that was you know a signature win. You beat a team from the West Coast. I mean, they're getting players from Los Angeles. Some of the better players have an outstanding quarterback. They come to town. 
I think if the game was sold out, big crowd, as you said, I mean, games like that are what you live for as a, as a program and as a conference. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, the AAC and Chuck Sullivan does such a great job communicating, uh, you know, where the AAC fits in the world of college football. And uh, so I'm always very cognizant of, you know, you know, how good the conference is doing. There's no other way to say it. Much better than I think is perceived on the national scale. And they just keep, you know, chalking up these milestone victories along the way. Of course, all this is very important because, you know, they're outside the Power Five. I feel they should be inside the Power Five. And uh, wins like Saturday make their argument a whole lot more compelling. John, you can talk to your blue in the face, but unless you get those wins on the field of competition, right? They're, they, they, everybody is a tone deaf to those words. Now you just put the word out, here's the score, watch the game. You know, we succeeded on the field. We, that's, that's our talking points is, is the score. Right. What makes the victory all the more impressive is, you know, again, the previous week, the entire country is talking about Josh Rosen leading one of the greatest comebacks in college football history. Four, foot, four fourth quarter touchdown passes to beat Texas A&M. Uh, I think the score at some point was whatever, 35-3, something like that. You know, and uh, so, you know, UCLA, because of that marquee victory, which was the Sunday night, by the way, of Labor Day weekend. Um, and it feels like, it's one of those games that feels like the entire country is watching it because everybody was talking about it. And, uh, and because of that, UCLA was top of mind and Josh Rosen especially, and then they, uh, you know, get beat by Memphis. So that just elevates the whole Memphis and AAC program. Uh, and speaking of, you know, conferences, uh, the Mid-American reared its head yet again with uh, Central Michigan, I believe. <laughs> I want to get that straight. A lot of schools up there in Michigan, AP, as, as well you know. But they went in. <laughs> there are. There are indeed. They went into Nebraska, of all places, Memorial Stadium, and beat the Cornhuskers. Two pick sixes by, I believe, the same guy. And it was just uh, incredible. I mean, it's just not the type of thing you'd think you're ever going to see. And yet they did it. And uh, I watched that game, too. It was just nothing short of amazing. Uh, But for that school to go into Memorial Stadium... Uh, the corn has the legendary corn husker program. I believe they have sold out every game since 1961, the longest sellout streak in American sports, if not American sports history. Uh, what a victory for that program, to, to put it mildly. Yeah, yeah John, Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois. Like Excuse me, sorry. That's uh, okay, but but John, I'll tell you one for thing. I'm familiar that. with that. Yeah, oh yeah, Northern Illinois. 
from the MAC. But, John, I'm familiar with that Northern Illinois being the giant killer. They came to Alabama when Mike Shula was the coach, and they had a good running back. I forgot his name. Escapes me, but they came into Tuscaloosa, Alabama, on a Saturday night and beat Alabama. Wow. Oh, so this is not their first rodeo. Correct. Oh, wow. It's been probably maybe that was around, let's say, I can't remember the year, exactly, maybe 2005, four, something like that. Yeah, six. Okay. I forgot when it was exactly, but they have done this in the past, and those MAC teams, I mean, you know, through the years, they have uh, agitated those Big Ten teams from time to time as well. Yes, and that's where I was getting the, uh, that's where I was getting the Michigan team from. It was the MAC connection. Uh, I knew it was a MAC right. team, but thank you for clarifying that. Yes, it was just... Uh, Astounding, and the uh, Husker Nation was in complete disbelief. The, you know, pictures of the crowd at the end of the game and whatnot were just, uh, you know, fascinating to watch. Uh, They were in shock. There was no other way to say it, given the history of the program, and more importantly, I think, the venue where it was played. That just doesn't really happen in Memorial Stadium an upset of that magnitude, yet it did. And uh, so, boy, it was just just amazing to watch, um, to say the least. So it set quite a tone yet again for what is really shaping up. You know, it just, it doesn't end. You know, I, I, by the time I went to bed on Saturday night, I was just shaking my head thinking, college football, it always delivers, doesn't it? It just never fails. Oh, 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 Saturday night. I mean, it may be the early game, something in the middle at the end, but there's always an upset or two or or several that happens on the Saturday of college football. And, John, you mentioned that Northern Illinois squad. They have an off week. They have two weeks to celebrate. They have to go to San Diego, play the Aztecs of San Diego State, who I guess they upset Stanford. Wow. Okay. Some. That's one of those West Coast games that I didn't know that result. It gets so often, AP, you know, it gets drowned out. You know, the games are played late Saturday night. You wake up Sunday morning and it's already on to the NFL. So some of these games escape attention. But, and that's a classic one. I did not know that. That's impressive. Very impressive. Stanford, they're, yeah, they're a solid program. They normally take care of their business with these non-conference uh, teams, but absolutely, they, they, they played that game in San Diego and lost the close one, twenty to seventeen. Wow, wow, that's very impressive. Uh, so yeah, that's <laughs> that'll be a good game, Northern Illinois and San Jose, uh, to say the least. Um, and oh, by the way, I can't believe we've gotten this far into the program without talking about the fact that you. As usual, uh, we're at the Alabama game. You you saw the number one, consensus number one team in the nation. How was that against uh, Colorado State? Yeah, Colorado State, they were a very good team. Uh, they, they got down early 17 to nothing, and, but they ended up scoring 23 points. That's, you know, it had, that's not done very often against Alabama, uh, you know, a non-Power 5 team. But they have a very good quarterback, Nick Stevens. Two fine receivers. Uh, they're both very big, six two, and then a freshman, six five. He, he actually um, had a nice touchdown pass 
uh, in the end zone over the defensive back. I keep telling everybody, John, it doesn't matter if you're an All-American. If you have the height on the defensive back and it's a jump ball and you're a quality player, you're going to make that catch. It's very difficult to stop in the end zone. But uh, the final score to 41 to 23, and Alabama's defense, they were upset. They're supposed to have a come-to-Jesus meeting today just among the players. They weren't satisfied, and they missed some tackles and some assignments. But, you know, give credit to Colorado State Mike Bobo. I mean, he had 27 players from the South on his roster. So, you know, they, they have a good team and a good program. Sure. Mike Bobo, remember that name. Quarterback at Georgia, right? Quarterback at Georgia, OC at Georgia. And uh, he, he carried on from when McElwain, Jim McElwain left there and had some good teams. Okay, yes, Jim McElwain uh, of the aforementioned Florida Gators. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that about the, you know, tall receiver because the key reason next to the quarterback that Texas was able to hang with USC was that, Texas had this huge receiver, tall, and he just kept making play after play after play. He was literally unstoppable. And every time they absolutely, back to the wall, had to have a play, this kid made him. And he, he was, without a doubt, again, the quarterback had a you know transcendent performance. Uh, but, the, you know, and part of the big reason why was he always – knew he could kept throwing it up to this receiver who was going to make a play. And so, uh, to your point, it was just amazing to watch. And uh, I agree. Uh, those 50-50 balls, you, you know, when in doubt, just throw it up uh, to one of those guys. And uh, 50% chance you're going to have a good result, right? Absolutely. And, and, and John, then another a late, late, late game was the old Miss at California. Oh, yes. I watched mm-hmm. the beginning of that, but never uh, wasn't able to stay up. Yeah, How did that turn out? Bears, they're, they're 3-0, and I think. And they, they, they uh, were down to Ole Miss, I think it was 16-7, and ended up winning that game. Wow. Never easy to, to go west, you know, uh, to say the least. Uh so, Cal beats Ole Miss. So, uh, so what's your assessment as we head to break of the SEC at this point? SEC West, we'll start with that. Mississippi well, State, oh, Mississippi State, LSU, we got to get to that yeah, uh, State, as well. All of a sudden now, that, that game on the road for Alabama, that, that doesn't look so easy. At Mississippi uh, State? At Mississippi State, when you destroy LSU, who I always call Alabama the, their, their twin brother by 30 points, Game wasn't even close, and so now that you know they have that quarterback that can really run a long leg, he's about six foot five, and I think he improved his passing game probably as well. So Mississippi State, they they're looking very tough, very tough, very tough. No, that was a that was a get your attention immediately game. The minute I saw, I I, I did a double take when I saw thirty seven seven. I was like, what? Because we just talked last week about how LSU was looking pretty good, but that all went out the window in that game. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was touting uh, LSU as a very good team because of their coordinators, two top coordinators, and Ed Ogeron, leaving them alone, just being the CEO per se. But now, all of a sudden, LSU, 
you know, they get, they have to group regroup their disarray. And there's no way yep. they should lose by 30 points. I mean, you're going to get your upsets here and there from the quality opponents if you're playing on the road in the SEC. But a 30-point loss, that's inexcusable. You coach a team all week, and you're prepared, and the effort was not there, whether it was you know play calling or the, the defense surrendering points, offense not playing well, kicking game. I mean... That that's a huge problem. That's just not like a minor. You know, we lost seventeen fourteen on the last second kick. Correct. Exactly right. AP. That again. That was that was a double take game. You do a double take when you see that score, and I did. Um, well, AP. Uh, hard to believe we've come to our second break. So why don't we take that now and still a few more things to get to on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Detroit Lions at New York Giants game in the Meadowlands. Uh, Feels like the Giants really need to win that game to avoid going 0-2. Nothing any NFL team wants to go, and they, of course, were beaten in Week 1 by Dallas, who got trounced, I mean manhandled, yesterday by the Denver Broncos. And AP, we were talking just moments ago about Mississippi State, and I I got to tell you that yesterday, I, I it's the worst game I've seen Dak Prescott play as a Dallas Cowboy. He, of course, is the former Mississippi State quarterback. And and as for Ezekiel Elliott, who you and I both watched uh, in, the Ohio, in the national championship game when Ohio State won, uh, I, I think he had zero yards. It was his worst game. So it was the two of them. It was both of them 
their worst game as a pro. And boy, I, I just couldn't help but think uh, how quickly things change in the NFL, as well as obviously college football. But they were manhandled and they looked lost. John, that league, you better bring it every week because you can be exposed. And when you have played well as a rookie, that's namely, you know, um, you know, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, those are two well-known names in the NFL. I mean, these other teams are hungry as hungry to, to be winners. So, you know, they were they had two bad games. Hopefully, they can just erase that and move on because that was terrible. What happened uh, yesterday against the Broncos? Oh, it sure was. I mean, the Broncos' defense were just all over the Dallas offense to a degree, thereby causing them to look lost. Um, the Broncos defense was flashing its Super Bowl form of a couple of years ago, to put it mildly. Vaughn Miller seemingly in on every single play, just all of it. Derek Wolf all over. The, the pass rush was incredible. And the defensive backfield, all of it, start to finish. They looked like that like they did in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago um, against the Panthers. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, that was interesting. And, by the way, speaking of the Panthers, uh, Cam Newton uh, is, you know, the Panthers are 2-0, and but it's the sorriest-looking 2-0 and you, you'll find anywhere in Cam Newton. Uh, you know, Got a big scare. It's actually on the TV right in front of me now. Uh, the Buffalo Bills almost beat him, but they held on to win 9-3. But Cam Newton hurt his surgically repaired ankle. Uh, looks like he's going to be okay. But in the same light, the Panthers lost tight end Greg, Nolson, uh, Greg Olson, one of Newton's go-to guys, uh, for a long time, if not the season, with a broken ankle. So, again, you know, I... You know, we never drift far from the SEC. Cam Newton, of course, won the national championship at Auburn. And uh, interesting, you know, he fascinates me. Just the get-up he had yesterday in the post-game conference was classic, as they are every week, it seems. Uh, but, yeah, let's just say Panther Nation got a big scare yesterday with uh, Cam Newton tweaking that ankle. Yeah, he, he, been, he struggled last year, I guess, John. So maybe that's continuing. Of this season, but it's 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 a you know quite a few games to play. Maybe they can come out of that funk. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's uh, and Greg Olson is just a massive loss for them, uh, to put it mildly. Um, although it was nice to see him hooking up with uh, Calvin Benjamin, who didn't play last year because of his injury situation. Uh, but yeah, uh, NFL off and running, college football off and running. So it's uh, you know it's great stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I think that you know one team we haven't talked about, the only team we haven't talked about in the top five is Michigan, and not quite sure what to make of them. They of course had that huge game in their opener against the Gators. Uh, down in Texas, but they're the, the you know they're in there at number three, and uh, as always with Jim Harbaugh, a fascinating team and a team we all must keep our eyes on. 
Yeah, they, they won against the Air Force, and they, they were practicing, I, I heard, for that triple option in Italy, as a matter of fact. Oh, their so trip? They were prepared. Yeah, on their trip. So they were prepared. You know, they've beaten Florida, Cincinnati, and Air Force, and they're, they're on the road this week to, the, to play Purdue, and Purdue just was all over Missouri. And there's there's trouble in Columbia, Missouri. Yes, I mean, yes. Having difficulties with their defense, and they have a, an excellent quarterback, and I heard an outstanding wide receiver. They have a good combo. I mean, I, I was spoke to Tommy Tuberville the other day, and he's at a function here in Mobile, and he was you know raving about Missouri and that combination. But they um, Purdue held them to three points, and that was at Columbia. Correct. I saw that. The, other than the LSU game. As far as lopsided surprise scores, that may have, that was the other big one. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Missouri, SEC East, uh, you know, anytime that happens to an SEC East team at home, especially, you know, gets your attention. Purdue is uh, shaping up to be maybe the surprise team in, in the uh, Big Ten. Uh, yeah. The, the, the signature victory there. Yeah, John, and and uh, just to go back to that Missouri, they I think Indiana went in there a year or two ago and beat or beat them at I think it was at home as well. So that's right. I mean, big the Big Ten invading the SEC. That's not supposed to happen. Maybe once, but it's not supposed to happen twice. Well, we all know that realignment has you know had a gigantic effect. But of all the schools and all the different places and new conferences and all that. One that still sticks with me that it just doesn't seem a fit AP is Missouri and the SEC East. Like, I just can't get my arms around that one. Yeah, I'm not sure how to rectify it. They always bring up Auburn, but Auburn's not going anywhere. They're not moving to the East. I mean, that, that chatter always happens around SEC media days. But the commissioner, he always laughs it off. And he said, yeah, the only time we have to answer that question is when we're here in Birmingham. Yeah, and I but I really mean Missouri in the SEC period. It, it just doesn't fit. Uh, there's been a lot of odd fits, strange bedfellows, shall we say? But that one from day one has said like that. That one really just doesn't seem to fit to me. Like Texas A&M in the SEC makes more sense to me than Missouri in the SEC I, for whatever reason. I don't know why. It just does. Yeah, I mean, they were at the Big 12 and, uh, you know, the, of course, the Big 8 years ago. and Yeah, it, it is a little bit different to have them be in the SEC. I mean, they're next to Arkansas and, and you know, what, near Tennessee, I right. guess. But, but uh, right. so every conference, they can't, I mean, you look across the board, I mean, Rutgers, what is a big... 10, 10 Maryland, in Maryland, the Big Ten, yeah, West I agree. Virginia, the Big 12, uh, you know, Colorado, Utah, that's in the Pac-12. I don't know if that's the stretch, but that's something different. And uh, so I, I think the only conference that you, you can look at and say it's, it seems logical maybe is that Big 12, right? The Oklahoma, Oklahoma right. State, and Texas, TCU, uh, you know, uh, that seems kind of reasonable. I agree. Well, like I said, you know, different strokes for different folks. For some reason, that one has always jumped out at me. I, I still haven't gotten used to it. That's all I'm saying. Like that one, I still haven't quite gotten used to Missouri and the SEC. But no. AP, no, oh, no. go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, I'm going to say, like you say, West Virginia and the Big 12 and Iowa State, so that's a little bit different as well, but that's the way it all oh, worked yeah. out. There's a lot of them. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of the show. Thank you, as always, for your expertise and perspective, and look forward to doing it again next weekend, next week. Well, thank you, John. It's my pleasure, John. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.